Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Stars up over the ball. This will be it. Stars back to throw. He takes time. He throws over the middle. It's caught at the 15, running hard to the 7-yard line. And down on the 7 is Jim Taylor. The game's over. The game's over. The Eagles are the champions of the world. Listen. Happy New Year, Eagles fans. It is day one of 2018. We made it here to a brand new year. And boy, do we have a lot of Eagles news and rumors and a lot of things to talk about today. I want to get into a lot on today's episode of Afternoon QB with BLG. Uh, I wasn't on last week, obviously, because the Eagles played on Christmas. So we are back. I'm here to discuss a number of of Eagles topics with you today. First, wanted to go over some quick post-game thoughts. Then I'm going to move on to some of the playoff picture scenarios that the Eagles have now that we have some more information about that. Also, I want to get into not three over and unders with uh, Stephen Lee today, but two that relate to some of the things I also want to get into about the coaching rumors, which is what we're hearing a lot of today on Black Monday, the day that a lot of NFL head coaches get fired. So we're going to get into all of that. Again, a lot to talk about. First, I want to start off with yesterday's game. And I gave some of these thoughts already. I touched on it a little bit on the podcast I did with John Barchard, which you can check out in our feed, you know, either at bgnradio.com or Check out our feed on iTunes, subscribe, download, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Rate, review, we appreciate it. Nick Foles, I got to start there because if you guys have heard me talk, you know that I am not the biggest Nick Foles guy. And man, oh man, is it hard to continue to watch that guy. And look, 
I get it. I get that people always want to say, well, he's the Eagles option. You know, you, you can't get negative about him. You have to rally around him. I don't know what that means. Because rallying around Nick Foles, those words to me, I don't know what that means. To me, my interpretation of that is like just ignoring that he's playing bad. And I can't ignore that he's playing bad because Nick Foles goes out there against a, a Cowboys defense that's not even that good. They rank 22nd in DVOA. Their coordinator is about to be fired. They have nothing to play for. And he goes out and he has a 9.3 passer rating. And now everyone's going to make excuses for him as it's already happening in the comments. Torrey Smith drop ruined everything. Okay. It wasn't, yeah, it was a bad drop by Torrey Smith. Make no mistake about it. But if one drop is the explanation that we have for a quarterback who had a 9.3 passer rating, is it really just the one drop? Or do you think the quarterback might be a big issue? I mean, it's clearly a big issue at this point. Come on, guys. Forget the drop for a second. Nick Foles' last 49 pass attempts. His last 49 pass attempts, 46.9 completion rate, that's terrible, 48.2 passer rating, that's terrible, and a 4.1 yards uh, yards per attempt, that's all terrible. You can't just blame that on one drop by Torrey Smith. You can't. like, Stop doing that. Yes, the drop hurt, but he hasn't been playing well enough. He just hasn't. Maybe he'll play better in the playoffs. You can sure hope for that. We've seen Nick Foles play better, but you can't blame the people who don't have faith in him, and you can't just keep saying that he's good, because he's not. (laughs) That's what it comes down to for me. It's not just one big drop that ruins everything. It's that he hasn't been playing very well at all. You're not seeing signs of encouragement. What are you hanging your hat on with Nick Foles at this point? That's my question. I got into a debate about it with Rasheen, who had a great call on WIP on our Saturday show. And he's pointing out all these stats from Nick Foles in the past. None of that is, first of all, those numbers are so out of context. There's no context applied to them. And second of all, what does that have to do with right now? Nothing. He's not playing well. And it's very discouraging going into the playoffs. I mean, it's the most important position here. And that's the thing. I've been saying I have this dilemma where I'm not giving up on the team. So you you can't say I'm I'm just being negative and blah, blah, blah. I'm not being negative. I believe in the team. I believe in the team as a whole. I'm not giving up on them. I'm not giving up on the season. But when your starting quarterback has a passer rating of 9.3, it's pretty hard to believe in that guy when you don't already believe in him in the first place. So like I've said, I've never been a big Nick Foles guy. And these games are exactly the reason why. And it's not about me trying to say, it's not like about, a lot of people just say, oh, you say full sucks and you're rooting for him to fail. No, that's not the case. I just think this is what I see in him. Like It's the reality of what's there. I'm not rooting for him to fail. It's just what's happening is what I've said all along. And that's not me celebrating I'm right. I'm just it's validating. I mean, it's just, it's, it's literally what's happening. I'm calling it like I see it is what I'm trying to say. So that's where we're at with that and transitioning off of Nick Foles, because I, <laughs> you're probably already mad at me and you might've shut 
the podcast off. But if you haven't, I thank you for staying with me here on BGN Radio. And as always, you can watch this broadcast of mine live on Facebook.com slash Bleeding Green Nation. And if you're one of those people in the comments, I appreciate you being there. Thank you. Um, so the other quarterback who played for the Eagles on Sunday against the Cowboys, Nate Sudfeld, didn't look too bad. Didn't look, I wouldn't say he looked good and certainly not great, but he didn't look bad. He didn't look incompetent. He completed 19 of 23 passes for 134 yards and he had a 90.9 passer rating. He looked decent for a backup and relative to expectations. He made a couple of really nice throws. And you have to think, too, Nick Foles was playing with starters, starting offensive line, starting receivers, all of that, against a starting Cowboys defense where Nate Sudfeld was playing with a backup offensive line and backup skill players against a starting Cowboys defense. And Nate Sudfeld looked better. And honestly, I don't think it's crazy. I'm with John. John was saying this on the podcast. I don't think it's crazy to say that you want to see Nate Sudfeld. Now, that's not going to happen. I fully expect that not to happen. But when you see Nate Sudfeld go out there and show signs of at least being able to run around and make a nice throw, and that's not something we've seen Nick Foles do for the past couple games now. So... It's a spot where you want to see more of the guy who can actually do something. Like, what have you done for me lately? That's what we always say the NFL is about. So, again, I don't expect that to happen. And it doesn't matter. Let's be honest. I don't think Sudfeld falls. I don't think it makes a huge difference either way. But personally, if it was up to me, I would like to see more of Sudfeld. I made that argument on the recap show. I said that Foles is going to be gone after this year anyway. And they like this, they like Sudfeld as a long-term backup to Wentz. So I kind of would like to see more out of him. But when it comes to this Eagles team, it doesn't really matter about the quarterback at this point because it has to be all about the defense. I mean, that's a cliche at this point. I think everyone's been saying it, but it's true. I mean, this defense, and give credit to this defense, they've played well at home. They really have. Now... They haven't faced a good offense in a while at home because the Cowboys certainly aren't looking like a good offense at this point. And the Raiders don't have a great offense. But the, if, if you want to have any kind of optimism and hang your hat on something, it's that this Eagles defense does play well at home. They'll have the crowd noise on their side in the playoffs. And it's going to have to be ugly. And now here's the thing about that. Is that if you're going to be winning games ugly, that's not, I mean, it all depends on personal preference, of course. But to me, it's not like I'm saying I want them to lose because of it, but it's it's not enjoyable, man. Like if, if they have to win games like they did against the Raiders and, and the Cowboys, which they lost, but if they have to win like a low scoring game like that, it's not going to be pretty. And that's not going to be fun. Like sports should be fun. And we obviously all want the Eagles to win. But you want to have some enjoyment level too, and that's just a kind of a bummer right now. That if, and maybe you love great defense and you love games like that, but personally, it's just man, it is not fun to watch and it's ugly, and I'm just not a big fan of it. So again, you might feel differently. That's fine. You're more than free to express your opinion on this. You can tweet at me at Brandon Gowton. 
but I'm just giving you how I feel here and trying to give you my perspective. So need to see more of the defense, and it was nice at least that that's one thing I did take out of that game is that the Eagles' backup defenders were shutting down Zeke. He was held to a 3.8 yards per carry average there, and Dak Prescott did not look very good against the Eagles' backups. So I thought that was a nice little thing to take away from the game. And speaking of the Eagles defense, Sidney Jones. How did we not get to him sooner? Sidney Jones made his NFL debut on Sunday, and I don't think there was a lot to take away from it. I don't think he played particularly well, and I don't think he he was awful, but it's a small sample size. He only played about 29% of the snaps. He got beat on that double move. Dak Prescott just missed the throw to Terrence Williams. Sidney Jones ended up with finished with two tackles, but none of that really matters. It doesn't matter how he played in that game. That wasn't a big takeaway. The fact is he's healthy. He got the experience. He can go into the 2018 offseason with that under his belt and then hopefully be ready to compete for that starting role next season. So that's the great thing about Sidney Jones, that you saw him out there on the field and healthy. That's all we needed to see in, in my view. Uh, one last note on the game before I move off of this, since you know we kind of already talked a lot about this in the recap show, is that Dak Prescott sucks, man. And I have no regrets about saying that. And I have no regrets about being very hesitant on him heading into the season. He was crowned way too early, unsurprising as a, a Dallas Cowboys player. That guy sucks. He is not good. He's he's He cannot be the guy that people just think he is like hearing people say he's a top 10 quarterback or he's the next Peyton Manning. And people were saying those things. They really were. And it's insane to me because you know, I don't like Nick Foles a lot. I mean, Dak Prescott, I think those guys are almost the same player in terms of, you know, their, their styles are different, but in terms of overall impact, I mean, boy, not looking good again, going up against a, uh, Eagles backup defense Dak completed 17 of 30 he had 179 yards he missed a ton of throws he had one touchdown pass that was on a Rasul Douglas slant so it was against the rookie cornerback and he had a passer rating of 85.3 Nate Sudfeld had a better passer rating than Dak Prescott in that game how about that so Dak sucks and the Cowboys should absolutely draft a quarterback and have some kind of backup plan, but hopefully they don't. Hopefully they just kind of tie their wagon to a quarterback who I think is not very good, and that would be great. That's that's one of the, one of the positives again out of yesterday's game is that you want your division rivals to not clean house when they're mediocre. You want them to keep thinking they can just fix it. You want to kind of keep him mired in that mediocrity. And I think Dak Prescott does that for them. And I think the fact that the Eagles lost was kind of a bummer because they didn't get to the 14 wins. They didn't stay undefeated at home or undefeated in the division. But now the Cowboys are either picking 19th or 20th in the draft, which is the worst spot to pick in, in my opinion, because it's the lowest pick you can get or the highest, depending how you look at it. It's the worst pick you can get without also making the playoffs. So you're kind of in a no man's land there. You had a, you didn't get to the playoffs, but you don't even get that great of a draft pick to look forward to. So you can all laugh at the Cowboys as they won a game that 
actually ended up kind of hurting them in some way. So getting off the game here, uh, kind of wanted to, to talk about just a general feel with this team and the playoff picture. I mean, honestly, after yesterday's game, wasn't feeling great. Wasn't feeling terrible because, you know, it was a meaningless game. But kind of just starting to feel some kind of apathy, I think. I think that would be the word to the, to use at this point. I mean, it's not like I can say I don't care. I mean, I'm obviously, I, it's my job. I have to care, even if I didn't want to. But just on a personal level, it's not that I'm not going to watch the games, because of course I'm going to watch the games. But kind of just almost feels resigned to the fate because again it's not that I don't believe in the team it's just that it's hard to believe in the quarterback and the quarterback is so much of any given team's success that it's just hard to feel super great I mean I just think about how if I'm making NFL picks in my weekly pick post or or something like that or just looking at different teams and ranking them in NFL power rankings the quarterback situation has so much to do with that you know, you're seeing two teams go up against each other and you're thinking, wow, that team has the worst quarterback. They're probably going to lose. And that's where the Eagles kind of are right now. And that's such a bummer going into the playoffs as the number one seed. It's been sp- such a special season. And to kind of have it ruined by just not having Carson Wentz. I know it's been a couple weeks now that he's been gone, but it's not even the depression aspect of it anymore. It's kind of just as the Eagles continue to have these ugly games, they're becoming more routine and more of what's expected. And again, I'm, I'm not shutting the door on them. I'm not saying that they can't turn it around here somehow in the playoffs. I'm not giving up hope. But you have to admit, or at least for some people, it's, it's getting harder and harder to believe in them when you're seeing Nick Foles play the way he does. It just doesn't make you feel good. So kind of just wanted to address that a little bit. But now to get into the playoff picture itself, we know the Eagles' first playoff game will be on Saturday, January 13th. It's the first game of the divisional round weekend. They will be hosting it, obviously, at Lincoln Financial Field, and they will be playing at 435. So it'll be an interesting matchup because they'll be playing either the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, or the New Orleans Saints. And the way it works is that if the Falcons beat the Rams, then the Eagles would play the Falcons. So that's the ideal situation, I would think, because I think the Falcons are one of the least threatening teams in the playoffs. But if the Rams win, the Rams are hosting the Falcons, then the Eagles play the winner of the Saints-Panthers game in the divisional round. And that could be a tough one. You know, I think the Saints are a pretty tough team. I know they lost to the Buccaneers, but I think that'll be a tough matchup for the Eagles. I'm not really afraid of the Panthers. If they somehow beat the Saints, I wouldn't be like super concerned about that. And I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, the Saints beat the Panthers twice this year. I think they just match up well against Carolina. I don't think Carolina's as good, so It'll be interesting to see who the Eagles face in the first round. I think, you know, again, just looking at the likelihood, I don't I don't think it's impossible for the Falcons to upset the Rams, but, you know, I'm not expecting that, and I'm not expecting the Panthers to win. So I do think the Eagles will play the Saints in the first round. Of course, the last time the Eagles were in the playoffs, they lost to the Saints. So kind of get a 
chance to avenge that loss. They'll have it there for them, but it's going to be a tough game. It'll be a real tough game, and um, that's where we are with the Eagles' playoff schedule. So um, two over and unders that I want to get to today from our good friend Stephen Lee. As we always do, we usually do three over and unders during the regular season, but there's no game this week, so Stephen kind of wanted to change it up. And again, you can follow Stephen on Twitter. That's at Stephen underscore Lee 20. And that's Stephen with a PH. So getting into the news and the rumors going on today, the over and under that we have first here is Eagle staff members that are lost to greener pastures is what he phrased. So how many coaching assistants do the Eagles lose over or under one and a half. So do they lose more than one? Do they lose only one? Do they lose none? Personally, I think the Eagles will lose at least one assistant. We're already seeing John Filippo, the Eagles quarterback coach, connected to the Bears and also connected to the Cardinals. He's apparently supposed to interview both of those places. And I think the Bears make a ton of sense for him. They have Mitch Jabrisky. He might want to work with him, or at least the Bears would want him to work, went flip to work with him. And Jim Schwartz, I don't. I think John DeFilippo gets a job. Let's put it that way. I think he gets hired somewhere. I just, I really do. Even if it's not a head coach, I mean, there's going to be offensive coordinator jobs out there. So I just don't see how the Eagles keep him around as the quarterback coach. But Jim Schwartz... I mean, he's getting some interviews with the Cardinals, apparently, and the Giants. But I don't think Jim Schwartz gets a head coaching job. I'm not going to... It wouldn't shock me if he does. I mean, I'm hedging here a little bit with that. But I just don't think he... I don't think NFL teams are so desperate to get Jim Schwartz. I think NFL teams are desperate to get John Filippo, considering you see Sean McVay, the year he's had as a young assistant and an offensive guy who can kind of just really inject life into a team because you see how important a quarterback is to the team. You saw it with the Eagles this year. You're seeing it with the 49ers and Jimmy G. But I don't think defense is that kind of same thing. I don't think you're looking at today's NFL landscape and seeing these defensive coaches come in and instantly turning around a defense and and being like, yeah, that's the way to get back to the Super Bowl. Or I, I just don't think that's the trendy thing. So I don't think Schwartz gets hired. I'm going to say he doesn't. I'm going to say the Eagles are able to keep him. So I'm taking the under on that because I think Di Filippo gets hired, but I don't think Schwartz does. So I'm taking the under on one and a half. Now, um, percentage of fans calling for Nate Sudfeld over Nick Foles leading into the postseason. He, uh, Stephen Lee has that at 40%. Kind of a Harder thing to gauge there, but I think it would be under. I think a lot of you guys probably don't want to see Nate Sudfeld. I think you still, I think for the majority, still thinks Nick Foles is the better option. And and personally, I don't agree. I think I would rather see Nate Sudfeld. I don't. Again, I don't think the difference is big between those two, but I would honestly rather see Sudfeld because I think he's shown me at least some signs of of doing things well. Like he can run around a little bit. And he stood in there and made some really nice throws. Nick Foles, at his best, isn't doing any, anything special to me. He's just standing back there, and he's executing the offense. It's very basic. It's fine. That's what you want your backup to do. But 
at his worst, Nick Foles is just dreadful. He's just terrible. He can't do anything basically. When like when when things are bad, it's just it's hard. It's so unfun to watch too. There's no aesthetic value in it. There's no oh at least this is fun. No, it's just bad and it's just I hate it. So I'm going with the under in that one of fans actually calling for Sudfeld, but personally, I'm kind of calling for him a little bit. Now, I, I talked about it earlier, and I was just talking about it with the DiFilippo thing. It's Black Monday in the NFL, and there are a lot of coaching moves that have already happened. There are six jobs that are open right now because Bruce Arians retired. So the Cardinals job is open, and both Flip and Schwartz are interviewing there. The Bears job opened up with John Fox getting fired. Not surprising. Flip is interviewing there. The Giants job has obviously been open since Ben McAdoo got fired. And Jim Schwartz is reportedly interviewing there. And I think he kind of fits the bill for them in the sense that he has experience and that's something the Giants apparently want. I don't know if he's quite the favorite that he's reportedly being made out to be there for some of the reasons I already said earlier. And just because that there's also talk from, um, I think Gary Myers of the New York daily news that Jim Schwartz isn't one of their biggest, most favorite candidates that is being made out to be. So we'll see what happens with the giants. Um, we have the Colts, Chuck Pagano getting fired and the Raiders, Jack Del Rio getting fired like immediately after the game after they lost to the Chargers. And apparently John Gruden coming back to coach the Raiders, which is just really something. And then the Lions firing Jim Caldwell. So that's six total openings. So when you think about John DiFilippo and Jim Schwartz, you know, there's a number of jobs out there. And look, that's just what's happening right now. The Bengals job could still open up depending what happens with Marvin Lewis. doesn't sound like the Browns are going to be firing Hugh Jackson, despite the fact he's like one and a billion losses, one win and a billion losses since he got hired. Um, so there's always some surprise jobs that might open up too. You we you see it in every offseason, I feel like, or at least it happens where you see coaches who aren't expected to get fired get fired. So there's six openings right now. There could be more, and we'll see if any of the Eagles assistants get hired. And if they do, I've already started to come up with a little replacement list here. Now, for DiFilippo, it's a little harder to project because I think for a quarterback coach, you could go in a number of different ways. You could bring in a less experienced guy. Maybe you promote assistant quarterbacks coach right now, Press Taylor, but he's kind of a younger guy. I don't know if the Eagles are, are really ready to do that. Maybe you try to hire a former offensive coordinator or such as Scott Linehan, you know, the, the Cowboys might fire him. Do I really want Scott Linehan? Not really, but I'm saying maybe you get a guy like that who was an offensive coordinator, or maybe even Jim Caldwell, who was fired from the Lions. And look, you know, Jim Caldwell, not the most inspiring head coach, but as a quarterback coach, you know, maybe that's okay. A guy who has experience, maybe you bring in someone like that. Um, not a lot of instant candidates that jump out to me in the quarterback options so we'll have to just kind of keep an eye on that and see what happens there but as far as the defensive coordinator options go there's a there's a number of them out there I don't think Corey Unlin is one people have been talking about that but 
I don't see that. I think that kind of just kind of came out of nowhere to me because he has no defensive coordinator experience, and that's not everything. But when you're a team like the Eagles and Doug Peterson trusts his defensive coordinator to go out there and have complete control over the defense, like Doug Peterson is hands-off with the defense, I just don't think this first-time coordinator, who isn't necessarily even that great of a position coach, like I don't hate Corey Unlin, but I don't think he's doing anything so exceptional that you have to promote him. I don't think he's going to be the guy. Now, the guy who I do think it absolutely would be if the Eagles lost Jim Schwartz is the guy who I think I've been saying for quite a while now. It's Steve Spagnuolo. I mean, we don't need to overthink this here. Back when the Eagles hired Doug Peterson, Spags was the guy who they reportedly wanted even before Jim Schwartz. And look, that makes some sense. Spags has ran some good defenses over the years. They they haven't been all good, that's for sure. But he's seen some good ones. I mean, you look at the Giants last year. They had a really good defense. And you can also point back to the Saints with Spags, and that was a really bad defense there. So he's had some up-and-down moments. I think some people are kind of being a little too harsh on it with him because they're they're looking at the bad ones and saying he sucks and look I'm not saying I'm crazy about Spags but I think he he has some experience he obviously runs a 4-3 so I don't think it would be the worst hire now you've Gus Bradley he's out there he runs a 4-3 obviously as well and he's not I mean he's so this is what how it's working with Gus Bradley he signed a one-year deal with the Chargers to be their defensive coordinator he might like it there and want to come back. That could easily happen. But since he's a free agent, the Eagles could have an opportunity to at least talk to him. It's not like um, the if he was under contract, he wouldn't. Uh, if the Eagles wanted to interview Gus Bradley, they wouldn't be able to if the Chargers denied him. So that's something. Um, Jack Del Rio is out there, as I mentioned earlier, after getting fired from the Raiders. He's run both 4-3 and 3-4 defenses, and he's overseen some good defenses throughout his career. So that could be a name to watch. Uh, Someone from the Chicago Tribune, Brad Briggs, I believe, said it's possible that the Eagles could hire Vic Fangio, the Bears defensive coordinator. He's more of a 3-4 guy, so I don't know if that's the best fit, but he's such a good defensive coordinator that you would at least you know, have to give him an interview or think about it. You also have Chuck Pagano out there after being fired from the Colts. I think he goes back to Baltimore since the their defensive coordinator, who was named Dean Pease, funny enough, just retired. So I think Pagano kind of either takes a year off, which I also saw was possible, or he just goes back to Baltimore. Then you have his brother, John Pagano, who was with the Raiders and Raiders' defense was bad this year, but it kind of got a little better, I guess, as we saw with them kind of locking down the Eagles' offense towards the end of the season under John Pagano. And so that's that's not a name that really excites me there that I necessarily want to see. But just to, my point is, there's a lot of names out there for defensive coordinators. So even if you do lose Schwartz, I think it hurts because I think Schwartz is a good coordinator, but. It's not like you're totally screwed because there are some guys out there that do have experience. You could bring them in, and they're qualified at the very least. It's not like you have to hire an offensive line coach to be your defensive coordinator. Thanks a lot, Andy Reid, and thanks for that whole Juan Castillo thing. Jeez, I was just talking about that last night with some of the other BGN radio guys. Just how crazy was it that that happened? I don't even want to think about it anymore. So I'm going to move on to... 
I think that's the show, guys, actually. I think that's all I wanted to get to today. One more thing that I did want to mention is that um, when we talk about or when we see these rumors of people interested in Eagles uh, assistant coaches such as Flip or Schwartz or whoever it is, I feel like people get all worked up about it. I saw on Twitter today, people saw the report from Ian Rappaport that the Bears want to interview John Filippo, and everyone's like, oh, no, like this is terrible. Blah, blah. It's like, guys, this is what happens. When you have a good coach, you're going to lose him. A good assistant coach, like that's the... That comes with the territory of winning. You're, you just can't keep him around. I mean, the guy wants a bigger opportunity because guess what? A bigger opportunity in the NFL, such as going from quarterback coach to head coach, means a lot more money. And it's not just all about the money. It's also about having the, the power and the control and having your own team. It's the dream for these guys. So I don't know what you guys want sometimes because the alternative is having bad coaches that you can keep around. But do you want to keep bad coaches around? So kind of just comes with the territory there and I I look at it as if the Eagles made good hires in the first place they put together a good coaching staff you have to give them credit for that and maybe have a little faith that they can do it again and find good replacements maybe they won't we saw it with the Andy Reid era where he had a bunch of good assistants and eventually he kind of struggled to replace him again bringing up the Juan Castillo thing it's not a guarantee by any means you would love to keep the coaches around like Flip and Schwartz if you can, but you just might not be able to. And it's out of your control. The Eagles can't do anything about it. When a team wants to interview one of your coaches for a head coaching job, you can't block it. You can block people leaving for offensive coordinator jobs or quarterback coach jobs, whatever. But you can't block a team from hiring a head coach. So that's just what it is. And again, the NFL is a league that features a lot of parity, and that's part of it. It's part of the, it's hard to stay on top. The good teams are going to lose some of their good players in free agency, and they're going to lose some of their coaches. So that's the challenge the Eagles face now, and it's going to be a tough challenge going into this offseason. But for now, the season isn't over yet. They, they do have a playoff game. It's the bye week this week. Hopefully they get rested up a little bit, and I they're going to be practicing this week. They're not just resting. I think they begin, they're taking a couple of days off here. I think they get back to practice on Wednesday. So they'll rest up a little bit, spend some time with their families, and then get right back at it and somehow try to find a way to win despite getting terrible quarterback play from Nick Foles. So it's a big challenge for Doug Peterson and this coaching staff as they enter their first-round playoff game. And we'll see what they can do. So that does it for me, guys. I I thank you again for tuning in, and I wish you a happy new year. If you like what we do, as always, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, all of the Satchel, all of those podcast apps. Subscribe. Give us a rating. Five stars, obviously. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think of the podcast. Check out BGN Radio on Patreon.com where we do a bunch of bonus content and bonus podcasts. Appreciate your support there as well. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. You can follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green and follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. And if you're on Facebook, which you, you are if you're watching me live on this broadcast, go give a like on the BGN Radio Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash 
BGN Radio Podcast. Again, does it for me. All my plugs, my cheap plugs there are done. It is a new year, and hopefully it'll be a good one for all of you and the Eagles and everyone that deserves it. So, happy new year. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been Afternoon QB with BLG. I appreciate the support. Take it easy, and I will see you next time. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and the Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Lopez, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, put some play when they hear Belial. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep dead. You either sheep or shed, be scared or cut to pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls cuz it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stuntin' all the world is my stage show. Dallas streets cruising around about.